Every week, I never know when Kyle's going to drop that title card. Sometimes it's early, sometimes it isn't. Welcome. Just getting a little dancing. This is the Grinding Gear Podcast. I'm Garrett. I'm extremely exhausted. Here with Kyle. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm I'm punch drunk from last night's stream. That was awesome. I'm 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 like I'm just I'm I'm outside of myself. Mm. I'm probably going to be I'm probably going to be weird weirder today. You and me both got some, you know, missing some sleep. Mm. Got some dehydration from having ramen for lunch. Went to the oh, dentist this week. That'll happen. You know? Oh, the dentist. Yeah. Oh, the dentist. I really need to go to the dentist. I don't want to admit on air how long it's been since I've been to the dentist. But you it's, shouldn't. It's bad. It's bad. It's all good. It's all good. It's bad. We want, we want to keep talking about old man stuff. Pretty sure I need to see an optometrist. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Listen. Yeah. No, I'm not going there. I'm not. Go- <laughs> how, you, how you doing, man? How you doing? You had a crazy week. I'm, I'm just happy to be uh, in a home with electricity because uh, uh, not everyone in my family is experiencing that right now. Not everybody in my family is experiencing that. I think my cousins who don't live that far away from me just got power back. They've been out for almost 48 hours. Resident Florida man. Yeah, yeah. Resident Florida man coming to you live from the scene of... Holy shit, we really dodged a bullet there because uh, we got hit pretty hard by Hurricane Ian, but not nearly as hard as about one hour south. Your your Fort Myers and your Naples. My goodness, if you're uh, if you're hearing this and you're down in there, uh, thoughts are with you. I'm, I'm, uh, if you're hearing this, I'm glad you're safe. <laughs> um, but my God, dude, I, I can't look away. The news is it, it's it's nutty. You know, you know how it is. You've been a you've been a Florida. You're a you're a a, a previous Florida man. You don't of sorts. You don't really worry about the hurricane when you live here. If you're if you're outside of Florida, I see it. You're on Twitter. I get asked this time of year every year, Kyle. I get asked the same question. What? Why don't you just move? I get asked that this time of year every mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess I get it. But I honestly look at other states like you have things that there I don't have warnings about, like forest fires and earthquakes sure. and mm-hmm. bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, Life comes at you fast. Yeah. So I, and I the bears. Know, yeah, this is this is like my third major hurricane I've been through. Um, so, yeah, you just we don't worry about it all that much. Unless if we like, like unless you're on the water, that's when you really, really worry about it because you get that storm surge and everything. Um, but we are nowhere near the water. We're not in the flood zone. So it's not something I particularly uh, am concerned about. And I wanted you all to uh, understand that. Understand the fact that we here in Florida, we're like, ah, whatever. I'm going to get a Publix cake and hunker down. You can't get in a state comparison contest because they all have something bad. Even if it's like perfect, it's boring. Exactly. Your state is boring. Even if it's like, it's totally safe. It's like, yeah, but you live somewhere with snow, which like, hey, maybe you like the snow. And I'm not saying, yeah. I'm not saying snow is objectively bad. I'm saying I have no interest in it. I don't want to see, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with snow. I will take putting boards over my windows maybe once a year uh, to not have to shovel snow multiple times every year. You know? Sure. I will take it. I will happily, I will have, everyone's got their preferences. I, I, I like, I like my swamp. I like my swamp. So, anywho, I want you to—I want you to understand how much we usually don't care about storms. So that when I tell you this was legitimately the worst storm I've ever been through by a massive landslide victory, um, yeah, it was spooky. This is a spooky storm. Ian was no joke. Um, even us, who got lucky, it turned at like the last minute, went a little bit more south, which was 
good for us. And there's always that like Florida guilt because what's good for you is bad for someone else in the state. You're like, oh, thank God. And then you start thinking about everyone you know and love uh, that's now on the path because yeah, it just happens. It happens. So yeah, it was a wild freaking storm. Um, we got lucky. Um, if you're listening to podcasts, maybe you don't watch a stream or whatever. Everything was pretty much cosmetic damage for our house. It'll be fine. It can wait. Doesn't need to be immediately repaired. Our roof wasn't damaged. Nothing broke. We're not missing windows. We didn't get any flooding. We're fine. We got extremely lucky. And, uh, I read every damn message that was sent in a lot of folks uh wishing me well telling me that uh katie me and the dogs especially the dogs were in your thoughts and uh thank you katie i had a good time chilling on the couch and reading through those while we were hunkered down through the storm so i appreciate everyone's uh thoughts and concerns but we're we're okay we're on the other side of it but my god kyle as lucky as we got i'm tired i am i'm done this week is over this week can kiss my but I want to play some video games. <laughs> I want to tonight. I want to. I want to find a pizza place that's open. I'm gonna have a beer, and I'm gonna find something to just melt my brain away. Video game related, which which honestly might be Wrath of the Lich King because I don't need to think playing that game. I can just good can just brain wash, melting. Yeah, just wash over me. I've done it before. I've done. I often find myself playing games that I already know at night. You know, many times I'll peruse the Steam, thinking, "Ooh, yeah, I could go for something new." You don't. But my biggest counter is always I don't want to learn something new. Exactly. Exactly. I got to be in a specific mood for that. It's why I haven't gone back to Elden Ring because uh, I'm in. You know, there's someone. I keep mentioning my capstone as this thing that's hanging over my head. Over the for the most part, it's going pretty well. Shout out to my capstone team. Y'all are awesome. Especially this week, they were like, "Don't don't worry about it, Gary. Just send in your part. We'll we'll put it all together." And I was like, "Oh, thank you so much." Um, but you know, it's still there hanging over my head and, uh, I blame that for me not beating Elden Ring. I blame my capstone. I blame school. Elden Ring is a workout. It's not not jump into day 30. (laughs) You have to go back to day one. You don't, it's not so I, yeah, I, I was playing it through, through my masters. And then I realized that I didn't feel relaxed when I was done playing. I was like, uh, kind of wound up. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's something, it's something I enjoyed quite a bit. One of the best games I've ever played. Not something I can have in my life while, uh, challenging myself in other ways. <laughs> Was Katie watching? You have an audience? Yeah. Yeah. She okay, got good. really That's invested good. in the first week of play. Like the first boss I got into, I, I, I like first, like kind of pseudo difficult boss I got into. Yeah. She, she sat there for hours watching me die to this thing. Jeremy or Oh, Margaret. Margaret was a, like yeah. a three day ordeal. And yes, yeah. Katie watched the whole thing. No, I just found like one of the there's there's a the reused cat model boss that you run into multiple times throughout some of the random dungeons. Um, and so the earliest one you can run into, um, that was the first boss I stumbled across. And I think it took me like two hours, three hours to beat that thing because um, it was I was it was my first time learning a boss in a FromSoft game. Um, so yeah, she was just like, Oh, this thing's so freaky and weird. And then I think she got into the puzzle of it. Cause she started being like, Oh, when he does, when he does this telegraph, that's going to be the big sweep attack and you should just get the frick away. And I think she enjoyed that part of it. I don't think she has any interest in actually playing it, but she picked up really cool. It was not the kind of like, we do this where we, you know, like, you know, backseat gaming kind of a thing. Like there Absolutely. are certain games we play through. I wouldn't in yeah. a million years have pegged Elden Ring for being something that she would have been interested in watching. Um, but she, she, she picked it up real quick. She was like, Oh, Oh, it's like a, it's like a Zelda. You know, she, <laughs> she loves Zelda. She's like, Oh yeah, yeah, I understand bosses and telegraphs and all that kind of stuff. 
And so that's she has stone cat, it. right? With the weird, weird movement. Yeah. I forget what it's always got. A, it's got the watch, the watchdog. Yeah. It's, oh, it's actually wait, a cat, what? but it's called the watchdog. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. The Royal rat authority was a rat. So yeah, yeah it all makes sense. I've personally run into it three times. And the third one I ran dog. into was the first boss where I was like, I hate you. And I just left and gave up. I was so, cause the third time I ran into it, it had a room full of gargoyle ads and they just bum rush you. And it classic. It sucked. <laughs> I had no fun on that one, but yeah, I, I, uh, no, I got Margaret. That was, that was, there was much rejoicing and high-fiving when Margaret went down. Yeah. Anywho, I would love to co-op that with you, but Oh man, the streaming, energy of that game is rough you, yeah, you get the people that have very strong opinions about how those games should be played mm-hmm. how they think those games should be played and if you don't play it the way that they want to play it they'll will let you know that they don't agree yeah. with the way that you're playing it and you get accused of, accused of cheating all the time i'm not interested i'm not interested in that experience i do want to try try that seems like such an insane game to co-op because of the way like aggro functions like how the enemies focus but, um, yeah, I mean, just going through like that first castle up to market, like just the idea of being able to split up some of the easier to kill enemies that are, you know, where there's multiples, that just sounds like so much fun being in, there's a courtyard section with a bunch of dudes being able to like go out there with another guy and just start beating the crap out of them. That sounds so fun. That, that would be a blast. I'd be into that. You, you, you could talk me into that. You could talk me into that, but I'm down, man. I'm down. Yeah. Just hit yeah, me up. Man. Well, you know, after I do my own stuff, you know, I gotta, we all, we all got our own stuff right now. Got a kid on the horizon. It's a 2023 idea. Yeah. That's a 2023 exactly. idea. Yeah. Well, um, I've been living under a rock, so I was hoping maybe you could take me through the wonderful land of video game news this week. I'll take your silence as... Is that, uh, is that not a bumper drop? Do it! <laughs> Do it! Good, 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 good! Oh, great news, everyone! Shove it! I was expecting, like, a let's go, or of course! <laughs> um, yeah, uh, hey, Kyle, I, I heard World of Warcraft is still alive and making new expansions. World of Warcraft, in a bold move, is making a new expansion as opposed to an old expansion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they're staggered. They're staggering. <laughs> they're giving it some time. I wouldn't be too surprised if there's some overlap, right? Like, oh, my sub's still going from Wrath Rat- the Lich King. So, you know, I might as well buy the new expansion. Oh, that took me an extra month. Might as well get back into Wrath and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And maybe each other will stagger enough to cover content droughts or whatever have you like they've got a business plan and i don't think it's bad all right i will preface this i have talked to many people this week i've talked to fellow grumps i've talked to fellow hopefuls i've been around because i I don't want to have a bummer opinion i don't want to enter your house and start hating on your game i'm pretty removed from this now so i wanted to gauge myself a little bit kind of Check the pulse of where the community is at. And they're pretty stoked. They're, they're honestly like back to form, back to Azeroth. Hell yeah, let's go, everybody. This is apparently the expansion they've been waiting for. 
And congratulations, right? Like you just went through a big hat eating in the last. Well, it was over a year ago now, but, you know, (laughs) you ate a very large hat and I don't want to construct my own hat that I might have to eat. The hat was actually cat ears, Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I've, I've tried to put away a lot of my biases, but oh, man, they're big. Oh, I got some big biases when it comes to this entire trailer uh, that they put up. The Dragonflight date announced trailer is now up. This cinematic trailer was fine. It was serviceable. It was too much of a repeat for so many trailers so far, particularly the May trailer from Overwatch. Like, so-and-so wakes up, they're alone, hope, ah, climb the thing, press the button, can't do it in time, just in time. You know, I've seen it. And then they stole the Thor thing. Like, I was just kind of like, okay. Also, it was just like some stone dude that I don't care about. Yeah, Stony Bro, you know, in here they have uh, Baby No, don't walrus. use that name. Don't use that name. They're like forcing meme names, which just annoyed the hell out of me during oh, that well, well, why do you... They put the duck in the previous thing. They got this walrus baby eating a fish. Like, they're aware of what they're doing. Uh, <laughs> give me a plushie, everybody yells, and they make the plushie, and they make money. You know, it's a good, it's a good business model. <laughs> I do not... Accu- I mean, what do you think Alpha was in Omega, right? Like, that was... That was heinous. That was villainous marketing. They were slightly aware in game and they made some nice jokes about it. But still, you know, everyone's going to do this. Like Why do you think Alpha. Buzz Lightyear had a robot cat and uh, Clash of the Titans had like a well robot owl? C-3PO marketed to existed. I think they admitted that the Clash of the Titans robot owl was a direct like, hey, R2 worked well for Star Wars. Let's add this. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, you're, we're getting a little off the beaten path, though. No, but yeah, it's marketing, right? Like this is marketing. You started getting your biases though, Kyle, and I don't think you are a person that chooses your game based on if you think the marketing was effective or not. <laughs> I'm appreciating it. You know, if I when I criticize art, you know, you and others are like, oh, artists work hard. You know, why can't we do that for the marketing people? Why can't they get a little, you know, pat on the back and a little nice job with the baby walrus dude? Like, well done, make a plushie. That <laughs> you was a good know call. Your audience. Yeah, well, good job, everybody. Done. That's not, that's not fair to pick and choose. You know, <laughs> all employees should be appreciated. I hate this trailer though. <laughs> it is. I have It even, is horrible. I mean, you're talking about the uh, the release date announcement trailer. Yeah, yeah. You know, words fly at you. They got an audio machine song, literally audio machine. You know, when you type epic music into YouTube and you listen to it while you work, it's a song from that. You know, it's no, fine. no big. It's no it's, big deal. It's fine. It's you fly through places. Trailer. It's only thirty seconds. The flying does look very good. The flying does look nice. I see all the skeletons. My usual problems with like, oh, look at, oh, here come the skeletons. You know, the dragon flying skeletons are nice, but let's watch 20 of the same model roar because they're different colors and it's a big deal. And I'm like, why not? Like maybe, maybe one dragon like Chromamu or whatever is like laying down and like he's got a hookah and maybe like uh, Alex Straza is, you know, like lounging, like, you know, pose them a little bit. Not everything let's, can be from soft and how much they customize things. Let's get some world building in here, you know? like Which, by the way, I fought of- the same dog cat three times in Elden Ring, and I'm oh, not abs- even halfway through the game. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, some of that is just like amp up, right? Like, you know, you, you face the dog cat, and then you face five of them later on. You're like, oh, wow, I've improved in difficulty. Look, this, I can, <laughs> I've got stats now that can handle this. But, but, but this is this is a trailer for those who are already excited 
to put the date out there that it exists. And the date flies at you at the very beginning. Right. right. If you 28th of November. Yeah. To keep it firmly in marketing, this is a, this is for the already invested. Yes. This is for the people who would be excited about a date because they want to play it. Exactly. You're not going to win over naysayers by being like, but we've got a release date now. They're going to be like, I wasn't going to play it to begin with. I don't care that I now know a date when I can not play it. Like, you know, this is, this is, this is for the, this is for the bought in. Oh, oh and, and, and check out this, this zinger, this slam dunk at the end. Oh. Events are unfolding that imperil us all. The threat is greater than you know, young ones. Join forces and strike now. You balance upon the cusp of destiny. All that matters is this moment. There's so much beauteous salt to dissect in there. <laughs> no, there isn't. This is just word soup. That's the most generic words you could have chosen and thrown into an ad lib. Like, I just, I want to, like, I want to like go moment doing by moment. Imp- I was more moved by Optimus Prime in the, like, those shitty Transformer movies. <laughs> like, All that matters is this moment. Like, just take everything you've done with your story and put it in the trash. Is this Dragonflight say- or uh, High School Musical? I'm pretty sure I heard that quote in a High School Musical. That's, oh, you probably. High schoolers love to believe this is the end all be all. This, there's deep thrall talking with other deep voice like it, it's probably some dragon or something you know let's a lie we'll never face this threat again like it is it is oh <laughs> it was tiring to watch i was exhausted at the end it's just it's uh just it's generic it's very generic yeah it does it does look pretty you know i i like uh co-op gaming the gameplay loop could be improved i'm interested in talents talents are cool I do like some customization in the leveling front. Uh, in here, they, they it, it looks like they basically took every place that ever had dragons in the video game and put them all in one continent. Like, you literally have the Nexus from Wrath of Lich King. You have fancier Dragon Blight Tower. Yeah, there's a very Grizzly Hills-looking zone, though, and there was no dragons in uh, Grizzly Hills. That is true. Should have been. You know, if I was a dragon, I would have moved there. It would have been nice. We had enough dragons already in Wrath of the Lich King. I don't, I don't think we needed another zone with dragons. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's on its way. And apparently, like from the outside, it's very easy to say, oh, it really so soon? Like this couldn't possibly ready. The beta is great. Apparently the beta is decently bug free. People feel like this game does exist, that there is going to be content, that it's not going to release in some kind of broken state. So for those who are ready on the 28th of November, they're going to have a video game. Yeah, this doesn't seem soon at all to me. Like someone who did play, who was pretty into Shadowlands at the very beginning. It feels like a lifetime since Shadowlands dropped. I can see that. It's been a long time. Yeah, it looks good. I, I like the way that WoW looks. I really do. Um, and I think this looks, this looks darn pretty from a WoW perspective. We're yet on the dragon flying thing. Is that a big selling point to you? Is that enough of a selling point to you? Uh, no. <laughs> I think it looks cool. Um, I'll give them. I'll give them that. But I haven't played the beta. I'm not in the beta. I don't really want to be in the beta. Um, it seems like a cool addition. I I just want. I don't know. I don't know what I want. I think I just want Wrath of Lich King, which I have. So I'm gonna go <laughs> play that. Um, 
I, I, I don't like the modern WoW loop. I don't like mythics, and those aren't going away. Like, I just want to do dungeons and raids, and I don't need all, all this extra stuff. All the extra stuff, like the dragon flying, I think is cool enough. Like that, that it is enough to move my height meter. But I think the new race like looks lame. I think the new class looks lame. And this is me, my opinion. I'm not saying it's objectively bad. I don't care. I think they made the lamest looking dragons on earth for the dragon race that you can play. Mm, a little um, stringy. Yeah, it looks like me. Like if I was a dragon, I'm not. I don't look heroic. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, it's weird. Um, I feel, I think instead of, I think I've moved past being disappointed with WoW and that being the reason I'm not excited for Dragonflight to more like how I feel about the Walking Dead TV show where it's like, it just never ends and it's always the same and I don't care anymore. I feel that. You know, it's a bad example because The Walking Dead is ending this year, but um, I also don't care <laughs> how it ends. So I don't know. I, I, I could be convinced, you know, I'm, and I, I want this to be yet another video that people bookmark when I'm back playing World of Warcraft going, look at Garrett talking shit about the thing and now he's playing it. Like, I know me. I will fall back into WoW eventually. Is this it? I don't know. Um, can you tell in the sound of my voice that I don't really have any hype for Dragonflight? It's a weird time for hyping. I feel like we haven't made advancements that sell themselves you know we can't just flash fancy graphics and have you go oh my goodness i am in forever in a day they put up a new dnd one which is dnd sixth edition video showcasing what they're doing with on earth on kana and how they're like adding more feats and where they're going with the play test and all this sort of things it was just two people talking at each other about a pdf that you can download and this was their big like pseudo like on twitter Labeled as kind of like a hype announcement, like everybody get in here, like let's let's form D&D together. It was one of the most boring, undigestible videos I've ever watched that a company has ever put out. There was there was nothing of substance that you could like gleam at the end. You watched a TED talk that kept changing subjects every sentence. It was horrible, but I think companies have reached a point where just raw numbers, they know they have this huge fan base and they could just kind of put out, you know, whatever. It's just like, hey, this is yeah. what we're doing. And you're, yeah. just, you're just talking to your family, talking to your friends. I, I am sure at some point I will get in there. I'll probably get a tune to max level and, and see how I like it. Um, or if, like, we decide we want another thing to co-op together, I think this is just ripe. Like, I like co-oping MMOs with you. So I think I would have more fun, even if it's not a particularly good expansion, if we were playing it together. So that's like another thing that's kind of rattling around in the back of my head. But the, uh, this this is the first time a new expansion is coming out, and I'm just like, eh, I'm fine. And like, I'm not a mad man. I, I know I sound like a downer, but it's because you asked me to describe how I feel, which is I don't care. Yeah. And that sounds strong, but I don't mean it to. I'm just very indifferent. Like, it's like, whatever. Do go do your thing. It looks pretty. I hope it's good. I would love to love WoW again. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. To me, I look at it like I, uh, this is weird because Star Wars is a four letter word to some people. Uh, but I look at it kind of the way I look at Star Wars or other long running franchises where um, the fact that it's still, for the most part, the same leadership that's done the last few expansions is a big negative to me. And this is, I'm not being like, they should lose their jobs. It was so bad. No, whatever. They're fine. They're perfectly fine people. I'm ready for a new vision of World of Warcraft. I, I want 
someone new to swing for the fences, try something different. This doesn't look like they are like adding a new type of flying while cool. And I think it looks very well done. Isn't upsetting the apple cart all that much. So like I was someone who was, I was kind of over Lucas with star Wars. So when he exited, I was like, cool, whatever happens, at least we're going to get something different. Um, of course, the very first thing we got was Abrams doing something very not different, but you know, at that point, it's kind of what we wanted for star Wars. The prequels kind of got pretty far away from what we knew. And, uh, so to me, force awakens was a breath of fresh air. I, there's a, you know, I don't, I think the, I'm not a raging last Jedi fan, but I think there's some really cool stuff in that movie. It's like, it's like clearly a filmmaker's movie. It's just weird. Like, and I can't believe it got made. And so in that way, I have a weird amount of respect for a movie that I think the entire middle section could be cut out of. <laughs> um, and then I really love what's happened with star Wars TV. Cause all these shows are different showrunners, and they kind of put their stamp on it. Uh, even, even Boba Fett, which I think a lot of people think is a little straightforward. Like I'm watching it. Like this is Robert Rodriguez is shit. I can see his DNA all over this show. And now it's happening again with Andor. They got uh, what Tony is it Gilroy had it up open over. Yeah. Tony Gilroy. He was the guy who wrote rogue one and he's doing Andor, and it feels wholly unlike any other star Wars show. And that's what I like. And that's I start to get excited, whether it's good or bad. I, when something's so old and been around for so long, I get excited when it's like, whatever, let's just try something new. Let's swing for the fences. And whether it is a massive success or kind of a flop, let's just see what happens. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. That's the whole reason I got invested in Final Fantasy 14 through A Realm Reborn was because I knew that there was Yoshi P being this visionary is too strong of a word, but at least being a creative director for it. Now producer, everything else to it. But that one man you can put on camera, sit him down and be like, hey, what's this about? What's the vision? They can go, well, this is how I see it. And same with like Del Toro. Like, yeah, we're going to have big, big headdresses, you know, lots of plating and loops and stuff and too many, you know, long fingernails. But you go, that'd be an interesting take. Let's see what happens. Yeah, I'm totally I, with you on that. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I, I try not to be overly precious. There are things I am super precious about, but I try not to be overly precious. I try to look at IP as a toy box. And it's like, all right, I, I've I've been in your I've played in your version as a toy box long, long enough. Let's let's give the toy box to someone new. That's that's kind of how I feel. I think that's why I'm, I'm enjoying Rings of Power. Like I, every other week, I feel like I love it or hate it. But it's just like, whatever, this this doesn't feel like other Lord of, Lord of the Rings things that I've consumed. And for that alone, I'm just kind of having a good time with it. Even though I would like, like last week I was just kind of like, ah, whatever. <laughs> it's fine. I guess I <laughs> uh, hear this week's episode's good. I haven't seen it yet, but last week's episode, I was just like, I'm so bored. <laughs> but before that I was like, Oh, this is pretty good. And before that I was like kind of bored and I'm, I'm just on a roller coaster with that and, and uh, house of dragons. If I'm being honest, both of the there's two really high Should effort be honest fantasy things going on right now. I'm sorry I'm just I'm just I don't want to stop talking so I'm putting in words <laughs> that I don't necessarily mean uh, transition phrases yeah yes exactly exactly so yeah there's just two very high effort fantasy television shows on right now that I, I think overall I feel medium towards but yeah it's 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 interesting. Cyberpunk that is, is kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, it is kind of weird when there is that much effort, right? Like that struck me about Rings of Power. Just look at that set dressing. Look at the costumes. What the hell is going on in the scene? Uh, what What are we talking about? Yeah, this is a great sword fight last week. It felt very uh, swashbuckly. 
It was, it was good and it was fun, but it didn't really okay. progress the story all that much. Just seemed a little, little superfluous, but I had a good time. So I don't know. Media is weird right now. There's some, there's some stuff that's really hitting for me, and then there's some stuff where I'm like, I respect the effort. Is is the nicest thing I can say about some of the stuff I'm, I'm steeped in at the moment. And, then, and yeah, that's how I feel towards Dragonfly. I'm like, I respect the effort. Those are some pretty zones. As, as someone who still likes the World of Warcraft art style, those are some gorgeous zones that at some point I look forward to flying through. But uh, it's a weird state of gaming and content in general, right? Like D&D is suffering from this too, a lack of vision. Now, who's in charge? Whose game am I playing? And there are hardcores for Dungeons and Dragons who will be like, how dare you ever home rule anything? The, the creators worked hard to create these rule sets and you think you're better than trained professionals? Why would you ever like half read the rules and have fun? Uh, I'm inserting that part <laughs> to, to you know, make my point. But I, I feel like there is so much home ruling in D&D because we don't know who our DM is right now. Who's leading the ship? Why we should care? I mean, Gary Gygax was a figure. And whether or not he had a very strange life and full of cocaine binges, he, he did you know, represent I the... I, I know nothing about this. The dude who made D&D was a cocaine fiend. Oh, he was crazy. He went off to L.A., tried to make a live action movie, ended up making that cartoon divorce like three times. Like wow. it was there's a there's a whole story. If you want to look up DM gives inspiration, I did an episode of oh, okay. history. Oh, okay. the story behind. I, yeah, I was about to say it's something I do not care enough about to go that deep. But now that I know you did something on it, uh, it sounds wonderful. Everyone should go listen to that. I think I called it King of Dice because I did it right around the time of Tiger King. So I called the episode King of Dice. Oh, it should have been the, the Dice King. The Dice King or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Should have should have gone. I wasn't on YouTube. It was just a podcast. So I didn't <laughs> have to optimize as much at the time. Oh, man. Oh, but, man. you know, like yeah, and Disney, Walt Disney, chain smoke. Like the second the camera turned off, he was just, you know, puffing away every single time. Like that was completely hidden from our own home lives and how we digest him as this Epcot visionary. Dan- Daniel Radcliffe getting through those final Harry Potter movies with, you know, alcohol issues. Sure. You know, well, also, he's doing like a Weird Al movie. That looks kind of interesting. Oh, yeah. No, no. I, I love Daniel Radcliffe. I just but that's just like what I think of is like because at the time you're just like, oh, he's like the poster child for like young dudes like in a kid's a kid's story, even though at the end, Harry Potter is not a kid's story that no, that those books age up with the audience. Like if you were the age as they were rolling out. But no, dude, I love Daniel Radcliffe's uh, post Harry Potter career like. He's done some awesome stuff. I love that he just seems to be just out there going after whatever sounds interesting. He he refuses to be typecast, and I love it. There's a lot of moving into position that all workers, certainly in American culture, are doing. And it's left things feeling a little hollow, right? Like you, you do a mobile game, but that's so you can throw it in the trash so you can get this job at another company. And then you jump there and you go to another thing. Like mm-hmm. that, that, that's why I, I, I can't really invest in something like multiverse right now. Uh, the Warner Brothers Super Smash Bros. Because I'm like, this is just this is going to be abandoned where the second it goes bad. Like you got this epic roster. You're advertising that you got Mark Hamill playing the Joker coming up. That's cool and all. But your ecosystem, you know, your little, your settlement, it's just going to farm all the trees. You're going to knock down all the trees all around. When all the trees are gone, you know, the, the 
the angry spirits will show up and they'll attack the village and then we'll move villages and then the kid rises to save the day. You know, we know Kyle, this I'm, I'm story. pretty sure all you need to say is they'll stadia it. <laughs> You're afraid that they will Google this shit. It was so bad when it launched. I, I'm not shocked. I don't think anybody's shocked that Stadia is going away. Uh, no, because no one bought it, which is why it's going away, because no one trusts Google. Yeah. Which is just uh-huh. that, that, that to me, because like, I don't I don't I, I don't I was not invested in Stadia and I don't feel I have any new dunks to add on to the pile of dunks that people have been yeah. sending Google's way with Stadia. Um, Kick them all they're down. But Google has a reputation for killing their products. No one's going to trust them to stick with it. And so Stadia was like the self-fulfilling prophecy that no one bought it because they were afraid that Google would kill it. And since no one bought it, Google killed it. So it's like, what do you do with that? Like, I, I, it's, it's, I almost like I almost feel bad for Google as much as you can feel bad for a multi trillion dollar mega conglomerate like. It's one of those times where I'm like, ah, wait, maybe the dunking isn't as <laughs> like warranted because it kind of just felt like I have I just no idea how this could have succeeded. Looking at it now, I just got a Wi-Fi router that reaches my kitchen. I don't want cloud gaming. <laughs> it's, I'm not sure that's as related as you think it's related, but okay. No, it is. It is like cloud gaming is a sweet idea if Starlink is perfect. And like I can just like walk out my door and, you know, like picture it like a, you know, a commercial, right? Like all, all the arts flying around me and it's like a Photoshop commercial, right? Like some pink flies and whoosh and like a bunny appears on the ground, little flower spout. And I'm walking down the street, you know, I'm holding my little game device and I'm playing anywhere I want. And I stop on, you know, I stop on the steps of a building nearby and everyone goes, whoa. And then they explode in color, you know, like like ads do. That's a world where, like, I'm like, hell yeah. Like, I, I, I could totally get into cloud gaming. Well, I'm just sitting on my own home. I have, I have a hard drive. I don't want your data exchange and whatever that does to my Verizon plan. It's not a thing I feel passionately about, so I almost like I just want to be like next topic. But <laughs> there is there is a lot of positives to cloud gaming because the the hardware expense of things that can actually run things locally is a massive barrier to entry for a lot of people. So in that way, cloud gaming could be a big force for good and accessibility of this medium that we love so much. However, uh, Google was behind it. Um, but there's all, and there's not just Google. I mean, you, there's cloud gaming over on the Sony PlayStation right now. They have a cloud gaming service. Uh, Xbox is uh, you, they ha, there's an it's part of Game Pass, I believe. There's there's certain titles you can play via cloud. There's that whole new Steam Deck competitor from Logitech, I believe. This is off my memory. Do not quote me on this. I haven't looked into it, but I believe that's a cloud gaming device that works with the Microsoft stuff. So. There's, there's a lot of it out there. I, and, and so I, I, this is the kind of thing I look at kind of the way a lot of folks in our age bracket look at mobile games where I'm like, I don't think it's for us. It's not for us. 
It's it, 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 it's not for already bought in gamers that are sitting there with the two thousand dollar or soon to be four thousand dollar because of how much Nvidia is going to gouge our asses for the new cards. Um, machines. This is not for people who are sitting there with massive gaming computers. This is for people who can't afford it or maybe don't want to get you know don't want to get into that. It it is a way to attempt to try and bridge the gap between the accessible pricing of consoles. Uh, but you know, the wider library that you get with things like PC gaming. I get it. <laughs> they There's, also apparently paid horribly for putting a game on your machine. Oh so God, yes. Yeah. It was the license, like licensing hell too. Also like, do you have any, like, there's a part of my brain that just goes, and again, not defending Google, but, but is there any worse bargaining chip to stand on than to show up to a meeting that you're hoping to, you know, not spend as much money as you possibly could, but everyone knows you're Google, literally Google, you <laughs> literally all the money. Yeah. Like you're, we want to, we want to break in and disrupt the gaming industry, but we have nothing that currently exists. And the people you're talking to knows you have nothing that currently exists, but they also know that you have all the money. Yeah. Why, why should, why should anyone give Google a deal on their game licenses? Well, you got Walmart rolling back prices all over the place. I mean, they have been absolutely cutthroat with the way they do business and who they keep and who they toss aside. Yeah, but they already be- have the infrastructure. Those stores already exist. Nobody had a stadia already just chilling in there. Like it doesn't have the widespread appeal that, like Google search engine does. Everyone already uses that. It's an infrastructure that's already there. It's different to get an actual physical object into the hands of people so that you have a wide enough audience that you can actually make those kind of moves. I use DuckDuckGo. Well, d- d- even more so. There you go. There you go. Kyle doesn't want to be tracked while he's looking at, I don't know, whatever it is you're looking at. No, I just, when I search for something, I want Wikipedia to be like in the top three entries. Because I'm looking for information, mm. not ads. Mm. I was doing medical searches through that because I'm super, I'm actually one of those people that's paranoid that if I like Google anything medical on Google, it's like, uh, oh, oh, you're, you're in, my insurance rate's going to go up because I'm, because my, I <laughs> stubbed my toe the other day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. One, every time I search for airfare, I use a VPN 100%. Any VPN sponsors out there interested in uh, sponsoring the show, this would be a lovely organic place to put a VPN ad. Exactly. Just saying. Just saying. Um, yeah, I, I got nothing else on Stadia. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> We're dunking on it. Yeah, please don't, it's, it's, please don't delete FeedBurner, Google. Fun. Please don't delete FeedBurner. It's all done good for fun. And, you know, our, our next big news bit for the week is the era of $70 games begins this fall. This is according to Kotaku? As well as other sources. I mean, this is just straight up what these games are going to cost. Isn't this what games have cost since the dawn of the PS5? This is the reason I haven't played that Dark Souls remake because I went to Best Buy. I was like, oh, it looks really pretty. It looks really cool because I saw it somewhere. And now, you know, I was out getting pet food and next door to our Petco is Best Buy. This is way too much information. Went in and I was like, oh, man, I'll just buy Dark Souls, the remake. It looked really cool. It's 70 freaking dollars. Or Demon's Souls. Demon's Souls is the remake. Demon's Souls, you got it. It's all good. It's all good. $70. This was over a year ago. It's just, it's just it. It's just people in chat say the age of piracy is on the horizon. I don't. I think there's some truth there. I think there's some truth there. This is, this is one. Of, this is this is a hard one because like, I don't I don't want to pay seventy, but also I 
I am in the camp of, I think we don't pay enough for games. Games are expensive to make and seeing, uh, seeing well, everything we've learned over the past half decade of how the gaming industry treats its employees. But there's also the, you know, the cynical part of my brain where it's like, how much of that money is really going to the employees and not just like a line in people like right. Bobby Kotick's pocket. That that's the problem with this initial announcement. When we see the titles that are coming out at the seventy dollar game price, it's Activision, Warner Brother Games. Uh, you know, they're they're all the big conglomerates. EA, they're getting behind this first. It's not your. I mean, I, I guess you could maybe find an indie game that's sixty bucks. Can't really think of one off the top of my head. I agree with you on Demon Souls. That should have been like that should have been like. 49 yeah 50 like, like 50 bucks yeah like because yeah. it's a remake even though it was a high effort remake that, that game is gorgeous have you seen the demon souls remake oh yeah no it's pretty yeah, it it, but it's a it's a shit game <laughs> to be perfectly honest like <laughs> i have banged my head against that wall it was an excellent prototype for dark souls but it is a miserable experience oh. there are bosses in there that are just not fun or require such exact knowledge to defeat that you can't really blind it in an enjoyable way. And I'm talking about like, you know, the random priestess you find down in a hole somewhere that mm. just smites you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good Most of know. the like formal bosses walk in the room, bah, 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 music starts playing. The name comes up. Most of those are pretty like, okay. Yeah. You know, you kind of learn, you know, up your poison resist and, you know, make sure you have a slashing weapon and something with some range on it. Like you can, you can, brute force through most of it but there's occasionally just some tomfoolery around a corner that is just impenetrable yeah yeah so this is one of those stories i was under a rock for this week i didn't know that this was a conversation being had around the digital water cooler of the rise of the seven dollar game to which my reaction right now is we're already there why are we talking about this and also in some cases we're not already there games that used to cost money like overwatch don't anymore they're free to play. Yes. As long, we'll as, see you what happens there. as long as you don't care about getting all of the heroes quickly. Uh, well, we've we got some Overwatch news coming up here. I mean, there, there's games, of course, I'm willing to pay $70 for. Like, uh, I'm going to give it maybe like half a week. I'm really excited for Callisto Protocol. That That is my jam. That is my violent dead space horror adventure business. And I am more than willing to throw down for that. I thought the trailer for Dead Island 2 was fantastic. I didn't really like Dead Island 1, but I, it looks like it kind of has like, a, oh, you're kind of infected too, so why not live it up? And they're kind of embracing like more of the fun. Like, what was the one that took place in the mall? Dead. Uh, that was Dead Rising. That was the very first Dead Rising for the Xbox 360. Yeah, Dead Rising was fun. That reminded me a lot of State of Emergency, which was a rock star game that I don't think many people played. No, I remember that, though. There was a that was the last thing I remember ever playing at a kiosk at Babbage's before Babbage's closed for good was State of Emergency. The Dead Island, that's just like we're almost 10 years away from the first trailer for Dead Island 2. The first trailer? The no, first trailer wait. for Dead Island 2 debuted in 2014 with the guy that was jogging and turning into a zombie. Oh, wow. They put out a new one yes. just a short while ago. I am aware. And I, yeah. I just look at it the same way I do Skull and Bones. Like, there's no way you're going to be good if you've been in the development for this long. 
There's just no universe. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't aware of that. That's I, I thought it was a great bucks, mood huh? piece. Have we seen yeah. gameplay yet? We saw some like heads explode, I believe. I'm with you on Skull and Bones after doing a little bit of more reading into that. And same kind of with Hogwarts Legacy. I don't really think there's going to be that much content. I got to see how they do like class and I mean, like actual like school sit down in your chair, like class. Because that's the whole part I enjoyed the most was like doing the castle and being a student. If I'm just running around in dungeons fighting zombies the whole time, I, I can do that in many games. And I've got other places to look forward to that sort of gameplay. I really wanted to play a Harry Potter game, and now I just look at Hogwarts Legacy as I feel sorry for the team because J.K. Rowling just can't stop pissing everyone off. They're doing a lot to counteract that and make it their own. We'll see when it releases, right? If they're able to, you know, escape trappings and whatever whatever else is going on. Uh, what what's for? Oh, Forspoken's the the meme one with the with the tennis shoes and the flex yes, and that's Forspoken. So yes, the one yeah. that got memed. I guess this is my life now. All that kind of stuff. That was Forspoken. I found a brand new anime last night. I think you would enjoy hearing about. Oh, is it a name that sounds like you just put words uh, in a bowl, mush them around, and that was your title? Hell yeah, man. Uh, let, I actually only know the Japanese title for it. Let me see what it's called. Parallel World Pharmacy was the name of this show. <laughs> I accidentally fell asleep and I woke up as a white haired little anime boy in a rich family in the medieval times that had magic. And I brought all my pharmaceutical knowledge with me. And now I cure uh, tuberculosis. Yeah, I could actually be into that. You, you know, it sounds a little army of darkness. It's got a little puzzle to it, right? Like, yeah. I like when you learn a little, just a little tiny something about something. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like Game of Thrones could really benefit from this. They're like, you know, ding, ding, like banging on the sword. And they're like, ah, you know, we forged this with the right types of metals. And, and like, tell me something. Look, inform me. I know it's all fantasy. And like when, you know, Celebrimbor is probably making a ring or whatever. Like, you know, it'll just be magic and stuff. But, you know, it just... Just inform me a little bit. So the kid, he's like, he's like, oh, I got to mix uh, H2O and the molecules into to make a, you know, acetaminophen. And, you know, you learn a little bit about mag magic uh, medicine. You learn what's in acetaminophen. Hmm. Hmm. Go figure. What fun. does this have to do with Forspoken? Oh, uh, they, they, so I'm titles? in another world and my shoes glow and oh, now I have to fight monsters. Gotcha. Like, you know, Fair. It seems like it's going to be an easy guy. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sounds... Good. Yeah, Ragnarok's the only game on this list that I'm like, I'm down to spend $70 on. Uh, Gotham Knights, I do want to play, but I ain't spending $70 on that. That's from the B team of, of Arkham Asylum games. I will wait. Did you see the Wild Heart stuff? Wild Heart? No. Yeah. Never heard of it. So this. this is an EA game. They're trying to make their own Monster Hunter by the look of it. Oh, boy. And it's interesting like when it starts up you're like okay you know maybe some lock on targeting i'm gonna roll around there's gonna be some vistas there are gonna be big creatures you know ice wolf angry uh what's got antlers elks angry ice elks. a lot of things yeah. have antlers fire boars you know like it, it's got moose. the usuals the usual big monsters they didn't show a dragon at least that i'm aware of but you know wolves boars elks like it's doing the thing and you're like, okay, sure, you know, let, let's see what you can do, EA. But then they went and kind of threw a big wrench in and said, and what if we let you have trap towers? And you're like, whoa, dude, 
Fortnite just got rid of building. Like, I, I am I going to have to have flat ground? Is there going to be prescribed places I put my trap towers? Well, a more survival game leaning Monster Hunter could be really freaking cool. Like, like, a, like a more of a like a like a Valheim build situation, but sure. It, it it could be. I I don't see that from the outside because they're very magical in that sense. It almost reminds me of that uh, Orcs Must Die game because like these things sort of build together real fast and then unleash their attack and almost kind of deconstruct after that. Mm. So they're more like spells than actual strategy implements. Gotcha. Well, as some like Monster Hunter World is still really high on my list of things I am just looking for in excess of hours to sink into. So, like, with that in mind, like, I don't think there's any world where I played this before I played Monster Hunter. Could be with community excitement. Like, Monster Hunter is a very figured out thing. And if this releases, everyone's stoked on it. Like, there's a, much like I talked about the Dark Souls community, like, I assume if you got on stream and just started playing Monster Hunter completely lost, it could be frustrating for people mm. because it's simply so figured out l- l- at l- this point. L- every every time I say I will or will not play this, it is under a a, 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 a known banner. It was like, if all my friends are losing their shit over this, I'm going to get in there. Absolutely. But... Yeah, left to my own devices, I would be, I would, I would much more likely go play Monster Hunter instead. This is where you kind of get into like the oh, bold of you, EA. You require more money to make your game. This is one of the titles I look at. I'm like, oh, okay, we don't even know what this is, and you're saying seventy dollars. <laughs> like, well, let's announce our known projects first, like God of War, because absolutely, God of War is more like an interactive movie in that regard, and you feel like you get what you paid for because you spent, you know, I spent what a month. On the couch at night, playing alongside Kristen, like that—that that was just what we watched. And movies have such an amazing amount of money they are possible to make. You, you hear like Diablo Immortal, slam dunk, making twenty million million dollars, and you're like, "But that's like half a movie's worth. Why are we celebrating this? This is getting weird, everybody. <laughs> Why not just make a movie?" Cause game, cause game is fun. Yeah, cause yeah. game fun. Cause Could game be fun. Fu- also, aren't they working on a God of War show? I believe. Are they? I believe they're working on a God of War show. Oh, that's the roof. I like I said, I, I do like where the Last of Us is kind of heading. It's, it's different. You know, the, the casting's great. Maybe uh, God of War is just so. I I'd probably say the same. Actually, I don't know. I don't know. I probably say the same thing about Last of Us. Like, oh no, those characters are so defined. You got to have Joel on the guitar, and he's got to look like this, and you got to have Ellie, and she's got to look like this. And then you come out with Trey. I'm like, oh sweet, you did something different. I look at God of War with a bit more fandom and years, and I go, you can't just you know make something up. What are you doing? But yeah, they could, and maybe it'd be awesome. Maybe I'd actually really like it. Are they doing God of War, God of War, like the the, the new God of War? Because of course, it's probably not. Everybody, everybody now, like now, Kratos and the Zeitgeist has a beard. Like that's that's the Kratos, that's the famous Kratos now. Yeah, everyone knows that. Nobody wants. Uh, I listen to Godsmack Kratos. Nobody wants that version. I do. Okay. No one else. I does. want. I would love like pre Ghost of Spartan Spartan Kratos. I'd watch that. That'd be a good movie. Go TV thing. <laughs> he's like holding his first daughter, and he's like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's the extent of you know the emotion." Oh, that's, that's it. 
I would watch the hell out of that. I got a bit of a Kratos vibe in a weird way from um, the villain in the new Thor movie, which the new Thor movie is an uneven mess. Uh, but uh, Christian Bale acts the shit out of that role playing the villain. <laughs> oh, is that like the surprise cast? I didn't know he was in that. He's in the he's on the poster in the trailer and all that. It's, oh. it's him. He's the the white the oh. white skin with the with like the body paint tattoo stuff. He's the god killer. This was Blood and Thunder. That's Love and Thunder. World of Warcraft. Love no, and that, that's the Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder. Yeah. It's not, it listen. It's not a. I wouldn't say it's a good movie. It's a fun ride. I, I think it's worth watching. Love and Thunder. It was a good enough time. Ah, uh, yes, Atheist Bale. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so weird. It's so it's it's very strange. If you if you end up watching it, I'd love to talk to you about Love and Thunder. It's a strange movie because after Ragnarok, Love and Thunder feels like Taika with studio notes, which is weird because Ragnarok seemed like they let him do his thing, but this one it doesn't. Mm. It feels like he was at odds. It's very weird. It's very strange. I don't I don't know where 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 it went off the rails, but there's still parts of it I really like. And Christian Bale's. One of the cooler villains we've had, I think. So anyway, reminded me of Kratos in a strange way. But uh, yeah, um, what did you want to talk about Overwatch 2? Uh, it's it's coming out. Yay. If you like oh, October. Overwatch. Yep, October 4th. Uh, mainly that they're... This is almost a counter argument I'm, I'm going to have. I feel like you've been able to play it so long. And also, it's not the full game that's releasing that... Having a release date seems weird. What I saw in the communities and whatnot was a lot of anger. And of course, Blizzard wants our cell phones is going to record us and all this sort of thing. Don't you have phones in order to register your Overwatch 2 copy? <laughs> but after following Heroes of the Storm, like people begged for this. So if anything, I'm, I, that's, that's the for news what? for me. Uh text message verification and tying a cell phone to your game. So you get rid of Smurf accounts and voice recording to cut down on toxicity. People begged for this for a very, very long time. And now it's here for overwatch too. Oh, none of it matters unless they actually enforce some shit. The cell phone thing does help. Like there's always people that say, Oh, you can just go get, you know, a throwaway phone or what have you. But it does help Dota a lot. Get rid of some of its Smurf issues. There's still tons of issues, of course. Any game is going to be exploited. You know, people exploit solo games. It's just, it's what you do. You verse the game. And if you're young enough and angsty enough, like you go a little further sometimes. If uh, for the voice recording thing, though, they're going to take everything said in their voice chat and convert it into text and then analyze the text and put bands out in that regard. So they're using some new technology, which has gotten some people concerned about security. And I was curious on your thought on this, because for me, this is a Disney World kind of thing. When you go into Disney World, you don't yell the F word because you're in Disney World and they kick you out. So you follow the rules and, you know, you're, you're being monitored by employees rather than, you know, <laughs> super robots. And, you know, this is more dystopian kind of level ideas. But still, you're in Disney World. It's Blizzard's game. And if they don't want you yelling the F word, then they have that right. That's usually where I err on the side of. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know. I cuss a lot with my friends. I never speak a word to strangers in games. 
Well, and they're not going to like say link your discord so we can hear your private discord conversation. Right. That it's like, yeah, I, Uh, insert fart noises from my mouth. That's how I feel about this. <laughs> Unmoved, uninterested. I don't care. I, I, like why? Like it's are we, are we? Are we? Do we? We like? I don't. There. I don't want them to have our data. Cool. Do you not use the internet? Yeah. Like cool stance. Like just then don't play. Like like don't use Google. Go use DuckDuckGo like a freak. Like Kyle. Uh, <laughs> you have options. Um. They're going to do what they're going to do. Like, I don't know. It's, it's, this is hard for me to muster up outrage about because it's a game that I think is, uh, inherently flawed. I don't know why someone would want to play Overwatch 2. So I'm surprised people are mad about requirements to play Overwatch 2. They also put out some news this week that if you never played Overwatch 1, you're going to have to unlock the heroes in a rather slow battle passy way in order to get the old heroes for your Overwatch 2 game. Yeah. And that's got some people upset. I almost I just included this in this week's notes as almost like a counterpoint to my own wow of distrust. Because here I'm just like I I saw years. Literally hard years of following Heroes of the Storm wanting this exact thing. And they're giving it to Overwatch, which doesn't, I'm not salty about, you know, that, that's your golden, your golden goose, you know, that's where your energy is. I get it. More so that this is just what people have wanted for a very, very long time. To And they are supplying the need. To walk backwards and slowly unlock shit that you used to just get when you bought it. No, game. no, to, to have a cell phone that you have to put in and you, oh, to, you okay. can only have one cell phone per account and... And doing the the voice audio transcript thing. I mean, I don't I don't love Smurfs, so I do lean like I don't love Smurfs, and I I just kind of give myself over to our internet overlords and just assume they know everything about me. So I I don't personally like I would lean, I guess lean towards this. It's just about a game that I think sucks. Um, <laughs> is the problem? Um, like it's to to me everything about Overwatch is just like finding it so fascinating that they seem to be just corrupting it into this free to play hellhole. from, from me looking on the outside in, like it already looks barely like a new game. And then they're just adding all this other stuff. So I don't know. I, the discussion I want to have is that like overwatch two doesn't look like it needs a two after the, after the name, it looks like an update to overwatch one. It's not releasing with the PVE that they promised. Um, it's, strange i don't i don't know the people that are still excited are gonna play it like overall it's to me it looks like blizzard getting away with stuff again and i'm not talking about the sms authentication a lot of whatever like that's whatever um i'm talking about the game as a whole like it just looks so weird and so compromised to me it's interesting too that it had a smurf problem with the box copy version of the game which makes sense if going free to play means you have to up those protections, but it still happened. Like people were yeah. willing to throw down $40 in order to participate again in Overwatch with a different account. Yes. Yeah, I don't know. Locking heroes behind the battle pass is weird, man. I like battle passes, but like it's, it's over. It's like MOBA adjacent with how important the heroes are. 
and having access to those heroes, it's important in this game and it's important to the balance of the game. So to lock them behind something like a progression system is odd. And it's, it's part of the reason I fell off of that, uh, that new, that Marvel card game from the OG Hearthstone team. It's like there was, Snap. there was no way to get the cards other than to just slowly unlock them through, like through a, you, you got every, every card in order along the level up portion of the game, um, which got away from loot boxes. I get that, but it, it kind of forced you into paying in other, other ways. So games, games are weird right now. And yeah, I just, I just look at overwatch two and, and see what they've done with Hearthstone with, with forcing that game into fake currency and locking down battlegrounds heroes behind something that you have to, you now have to buy that used to be free. And there's a, they're relatively minor in the grand scheme of things. But to me, it just looks like Blizzard keeps getting away with stuff that I feel like they shouldn't and other companies wouldn't get away with. And so I look at Overwatch 2 as just another example of that because I think the diehards, they're not going to care. They're going to play the game and it's going to be successful enough that Blizzard's going to keep making decisions like that. Could be wrong. I hope, I hope there's a pushback on this, the likes of which we saw with, um, what was it, Star Wars Battlefront, the, the second one that EA put out. I remember that's that. how I look at that. I th- I think this is this just really just this game looks like a, like a hellhole to me. Um, but yeah, now you, now you got it out of me, Kyle. There's my tirade for the day. Blizzard keeps getting away with horrible practices and I'm waiting for one of the communities to actually do something about it. Hmm. Hmm. There's a lot of hubbub in Hearthstone and they're like runestones and you got to pay if you want all four heroes in, in, in battlegrounds and no one cares. They're still retweeting tournaments. They're still buying it. They're still playing the game. Yeah, I, I think in a, to an extent now with Here's the Storm too, there's an energy of you'll get the axe, like it, or you're gone. So there's probably a lot of people who are like, well, I'd rather have it than not. And they accept the system they're in. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird because I still like their game. I'm still excited for Diablo 4. Now I'm like looking at it like, all right, what are you what are you not being truthful about with Diablo 4? Because <laughs> everything you've said <laughs> so think, far, yeah. I'm fine with. We've got a battle pass and everything's cosmetic on it. I'm like, cool, don't care. Let's go. Let's play some Diablo 4. But I feel like it's going to launch and it's going to be like, actually, best in slot weapons are on the battle pass. And I'm going to be like, oh, my God, here we go again. But that, that, That's not really my concern at all with uh, Diablo 4. I think Diablo 4 is going to, for me, live and die on its atmosphere because it's a... Dark Souls-like product that I want to be once on a proper difficulty and enjoy my journey and be done and put you away until expansion time. Yeah. That's And that's why I'm fearful about the color palette. You know, many people, oh, there was the whole Diablo 3. Oh, it's, it's too dark, brighten it up. Oh, it looks like unicorns. Ah, oh, we hate it. Kind of thing <laughs> that happened. Which is fine, but it means there's more visual diversity that can happen in your different zones. Looking at the footage I've seen of Diablo 4, I go, wow, that looks dark. That looks awesome. That looks so moody. What's the story? And, you know, when I think about Blizzard, I go, oh, I don't know if you can tell a story right now. Uh, uh, Thank God I've never cared about Diablo's story. (laughs) Oh, uh, Diablo 2. I didn't play Diablo 2. I didn't play it. I I didn't have a computer. 
I think you actually bought the remaster because you thought I was going to buy it, and I I got busy and I didn't uh, buy no, it. No, so. I did not buy it. I did not buy oh, it. Okay, okay. okay. I did think you were going to buy it, but I know uh, if you don't actually buy it, I don't have confirmation that you're not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still have a copy of Warcraft Three Reforged on my Battle.net. So yeah, I've, I've learned I've learned my lesson. Yeah, yeah we are going to do Monster Hunter someday. Like that that purchase that you made, I will make good on because I really want to play that too. I want to get. I want to make my cat cook or something. Yeah, and I'm gonna eat the food and fight some monsters. Yeah, well, possibly with <laughs> double daggers because it's easier. Yeah, well, we uh, we went a different route. Everybody, we did not lock anything behind a a battle pass that we're gonna force you to pay for. But if you would oh, like nice transition, if you would like to send some money our way for our trouble. We've got a lovely website for you. It's called supportourbromance.com. It'll send you right to our Patreon. So if you like our podcast, if you like our YouTube videos, if you like our streams, I don't know, maybe I ran into you at Disney and you just enjoyed the conversation and you're like, well, I'd like to throw a dollar that dude's way. Uh, head on over to supportourbromance.com where you can support everything that Kyle and I do together. That is our joint Patreon. It, it just literally just forwards to Patreon. I'm not sending you somewhere nefarious. It'll take you to patreon.com slash Garrett and Kyle. Uh, I just thought the URL was cute. So go there, get access to our ad free version of the podcast feed. You get a custom feed just for you. You can plug into your podcatcher of choice. You can get the show just like normal, but it won't have this in it. You won't hear it. Also, uh, thank you the week you sign up, unless of course you're at that legendary level. And then we'll thank you each and every darn week. Cause thank you so much for that generous support and some other stuff like bonus casts. And soon when there's not, Literally the worst natural disaster I've ever been through. Uh, Kyle and I are going to do a spoiler cast for Cyberpunk 2077 Edge Runners. Looking forward to doing. It. I really want to talk to you about that. It's just, oh my god, this week has been insane. Oh, totally. Yeah, we know we planned it. We planned it. Yeah, yeah. It's delayed been, for the moment. It has been crazy. But anyways, thank you for the support, everybody. Check it out. Support our bromance.com or we'll. You'll you'll have to unlock both of us eventually through a battle pass. So you're yeah. I don't know how that would work. <laughs> you'll get a solo cast with just me and then and then Kyle and it'll we'll complete it and there it is. Yeah, Kyle, we got look. the split audio, so we'll upload yours, mm. but you have to pay to get what I'm saying. Mm. You uh want to take a quick break? Absolutely. All right. Uh do you want to do let's talk, let's talk Final Fantasy 14. Yeah. What must your fantasy it's time to uh, ask you, Kyle, what's your fant- or your Final Fantasy? What's your Final Fantasy, <laughs> Kyle? What is it? Well, my Final Fantasy this week was uh, taking the extreme version of Step on Me and all the way to the end. All the way to the end. We, 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 did our, we completed our third extreme ever last night. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with Final Fantasy XIV, uh, there are single bosses and what they call a trial. Think of it like a raid boss, but you go and you just fight one boss. That's it. There's no trash and no nothing else. You go do that. That's a trial. They have different difficulty levels. The second difficulty level up is called an extreme. It's a significant uptick in difficulty from the normal version. And on top of that, Final Fantasy 14 lets you customize how difficult it is by letting you turn on other modifiers that make it more similar to the difficulty of when it originally came out uh, and like not letting you just out gear it like crazy or over level it like crazy. And so that's what we did. Uh, we did min eye level. We did no echo and that uh, four star eye level to the uh, the cap of when uh, of, of this fight at the level it's supposed to be. 
and uh, also uh, didn't give us a buff every time we died that eventually made it easier, which that's what Echo is. So um, this fight broke me. I <laughs> mentally <laughs> shut down at a, at a certain point. And this fight was hard. Yeah, yeah, it was it was backloaded was definitely a way to put it. Uh, there was yeah. a ad phase that came at 78 percent, which, you know, as a gameplay decision, I'm kind of like, oh, you know, like break the mold from time to time. You know, got to break the mold, break the rules. I get you, you know, game designer. But 50 percent is when ad phase happens, please. Let's, <laughs> let's get a little deeper into this. <laughs> This, this, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into it more other places, I'm sure. But the ad phase is definitely my least favorite part of this fight because um, it's very it's very straightforward and doesn't play into the rest of the fight, if that makes any sense. It's kind of just its own thing and just feels like it's a hurdle you got to jump over every time. Um, but uh, I wasn't mad that it was backloaded. It just made it difficult, like more difficult to learn because all of the stuff that was execute or die was in the last like portion of the fight and everything yeah. before them was roughly easy enough to get. It's weird. Cause when I say the last portion of the fight, that's still like the back half of the fight, but it's so much gets piled on so quickly um, that it, it kind of, it comes at you. It comes at you fast and I'm struggling to, th- I'm, I'm struggling to think, I don't think I've found anything this hard since, I always rated like four nights a week in Wrath of Lich King. I think it's like Cindergosa back in ICC was probably the last time I found something this hard. I, I can't think of anything that was this individualized that I've done in an MMO. Like that one person could kill everybody and that everybody had to do that thing multiple times. Like I've certainly done raids in World of Warcraft or you know any sort of co-op game where one person might be choosed randomly and they could mess things up. But this was the endurance test and the skill check of just now do it again and again and again to the end. And everybody has to participate in it. I'm trying. Yeah. There's like a drop off mechanic where three people are marked and you drop an item on the field and that item eventually explodes, but it leaves behind it a zone that is very integral to the uh, fight mechanic. And so the positioning of these things are really important, not just because the explosion can kill you, but because then you need to be able to get to where it just exploded. And, uh, and, and, and it was like truly rare. Like a tank had to worry about it. A damage had to worry about it. And a healer had to worry about it. And, it, uh, you could kind of game who it went on at least for the tank, but, Oh boy, everyone had to do their part. Everyone got marked at the same time. You got to run and it's like, you got to go the the max distance. You had to get on them like as far away as you possibly can. And it was a, it was a scorcher. I felt jubilant when we downed this boss last night. I have never had so much fun doing our blind business. I love the forensics that has developed over the course of us doing three of these. So our first one, Shinryu, was hard uh, and we pretty much kept to just the information we were receiving during gameplay during our second one two weeks ago would have been Thordan. I started pulling up the stream and watching the VOD back and seeing kind of what killed us this time I was doing that every death and I just loved it I, it, I'm spoiled like absolutely like stream of privilege whatever like oh my god like I, I this is how I just love to play games roguelite 
restart it again, learn a bit more, go a little further, Dark Souls, and I get to do that inside an MMO, I'm loving it. And I love the discoveries we were making with the meteorite rocks coming down and putting them in the moon zones, and then those would explode, and arguing with you about whether or not a moon zone left over was a good moon zone or a bad moon zone. It was so much fun. I couldn't even see the moon zones of the, the dark zones were on a dark moon. I was like, what are you even talking about? I thought that was just somebody's ground effect. Yeah. I couldn't even. It was, yeah, it was a lot to digest. And uh, it, it, these extremes, these are really what have, like, made me absolutely love this game. Like, the the fact that this old challenging content is still, like, you can still go and have a challenging experience. Um, You know, I've realized that they, the fights are, they're not one-to-one exactly like they were upon release, but this was still hard as butts. It still took us what? Four hours to do this one boss. Yeah. What was our, what was our final stat? I think chat just posted it earlier. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Completion time, four hours, 10 minutes. Yeah. Like it's, I'm just having so much fun with this and like you can watch through. There's moments where I get, frustrated but it's it's part of the experience you got to have that frustration like you gotta you gotta have those moments where you're just like can i do it what am i doing wrong how can i improve you need to have those moments so that the success feels good so these these extremes man i'm loving them it's it was a proper challenge yeah this is it's it's especially because we're, we're getting back in the msq msq we're going back to on monday final fantasy 14 story is so deep and so rich but also lacks a lot of gameplay like it's you're you're watching and reading a lot there's the gameplay is few and far between through the main quests and so it's easy to forget at times it's like oh yeah i'm playing an mmo and then when i when we go do these difficult extremes it really shows what an absolute high pedigree of mmo final fantasy 14 is because these are some top notch boss fights it's some good game design. Granted, you know, in that sphere, there's a lot less raw content than you get in other MMOs. Like, you know, you get a single raid in World of Warcraft, you're going to have you know upwards of like seven bosses in that single go. But your content pipeline is much longer in between releases. Uh, the bosses sometimes are just really big guys. You know, there's, sometimes there's not anything terribly unique about the robot you're going to fight. It might be some embiggened trash that you might be dealing with. So it, there is a more crafted quality that I'm enjoying in versing this. I am very curious to get to end game and kind of see loot play into it. That would just be very rewarding right now. I, I don't have any like gems in my items. I'm not really concerned about my item level. Cause I think I'm over it anyway. Cause I have end game loot of that time. And then we're scaling it back down with minimum my level, but it'll be really fun to eventually hit those extremes end game and say, all right, this week I'm showing up with 400 extra hit points. Let's see what this feels like. I've upped my deeps by, I don't, I have no frame of reference for what a number is <laughs> of DPS, but you gotta, if, you're, if you're playing uh, legally, you should never have a frame of reference for how much damage you're doing. Not true. You can go outside of Idleshire and you can go find a little dummy to go whale oh, on forget about those things. there's a little cut scene too it's great there's this great little cut scene where like they're like people keep demanding for some reason some sort of tracking object so we're gonna make a special dummy for you loser who needs to have this <laughs> number that you keep asking about 
Like it's real, it's real salty. It's a great little quest line. You want to know that you're doing it right. All right. So we've done three extremes. Shinryu, Thordan, and now Tsukiyomi. Which one do you think was the hardest? Hardest? Uh, I, I was least prepared for Shinryu. And I, <laughs> I do think the final phase was you know, properly echoed by us. That damage was way too high, I think, maybe for my own skill. I was also struggling with my rotation at the time, so I was a little better last night. There were points where yeah. just it all fell apart, though. Yeah. So, Tsukiyomi is third on my list of enjoyment, but that's like, they're all squeezed together at the top, so it's really... Not a good list in that way right now. You know, I got to add some more to that list before I actually have opinions that matter. Mm. I think without the ad phase, I think Thor Dan might be my least favorite. But with the ad phase, I think Tsukiyomi's third for me, too. Yeah, for 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 enjoyment. But difficulty, I'm I'm splitting hairs between Tsukiyomi and Shinryu. They both seem extremely difficult. But yeah, so, Shinryu def- had more room for failure there, there was but it wasn't as individualized in what you had to do uh shinryu was a lot more of everybody kind of doing the same thing speaking generally whereas Sukiomi, there were so many individual actions that had to be pulled off and then those individual actions were also randomized so you had to really had to just be on your toes so it's it's tough it's tough these are these are very good fights if you're a, a nerd about mmo boss fights you could do a lot worse than what Final Fantasy XIV has to offer with its, with its extremes. Yeah, yeah. The required player number two, like there's so many factors that work into making something balanced and responsive and good. I do wonder how much damage, strong word, uh, having the, what's an open queue? What's it called World of Warcraft when you show up with a random number of people and you just kind of do it? Like it's a, you know, if, if you've got over a, 10, a, you're good to go. Hug? No, 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 no. When when you show up and it like it says, ah, I'm sensing you have 23 people tonight. I will now scale it oh, for you. Flex rating. Flex rating. Yeah, I think yeah. I think flex rating has been detrimental to the game. But I also understand like they are trying to get you a lot more people together. And there's just simply more variance in there than saying eight people. Can we do this? Yes. Eight people is a large D&D party. You can organize that number of people. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's that's it's I'm enjoying it. I'm with you. I, I'm looking forward to doing some of these when we're current and when gear matters and to see that progression. Did you know Final Fantasy 14 is a good game, Kyle? I, I've heard as much. Yeah. I've heard as much. Yeah. But it it's so easy to hyper focus on the MSQ because that's what you hear all about. Like it, the fact that this is functioning content that we could do today, last night. Really, really good. I, I, and I enjoyed my improvement through it. Like, I, I'm getting better at the samurai. I've, when stuff hits the wall, though, man, that rotation goes to hell. Because <laughs> I have so many buttons that I'm trying to manage. And even watching my footage right now, I'm seeing some optimizations like, oh, you know, I could use third eye more. I have true north, you know, wasn't was on cooldown during this part. So let I, me squeeze I, in a little bit more of that. I think this is the kind of thing that would start to come together if we were playing this currently and going through the the actual progression of like not learning a fight and downing it in the same night. If you're showing up multiple days over multiple weeks to eventually get a kill, you're going to really start to know these phases like the back of your hand. 
And that's when you're going to be not missing, messing things up with your, with your rotation optimization. And we're, we're going in without looking stuff up and learning it as we go. And we're trying to get kills in one night and you know, we're more focused on doing the mechanics correctly. Cause my God, on Sukiomi, if you don't do them correctly, it's over. Yeah, everybody, like one person can constantly kill everybody. And I, yeah. I'm thinking a lot about, um, you know, an old raid that I did not enjoy called Zul. This was in Uldir BFA. That was one where, you know, one of 25 people could kind of ruin it for everybody, but it wasn't as interactive. The dance wasn't as refined, which I will admit, like, loses an organicness when you get to Final Fantasy 14. Like the boss fights you on a rhythm. The boss fights itself, right? There, there's very little like you're going to go into, at least in our experience, that you're going to go into a Final Fantasy extreme raid and be like, how can we break this? Like, where could I pull the boss that like makes it go weird? Or could we use like a special off tank? It's like, no, you are here to do the dance. And if you don't want to dance, you're dead. There's not too much weird you can get involved in. You know, there's some like optimization, like, oh, you should have had a shield healer plus a damage healer and like that sort of thing. Uh, but <laughs> it was a great time. I'm looking forward to more. Yeah. And I love game design. I, I think um, I'm, I'm just fascinated by it. AZ Jackson, when we had them on the Heroes of the Storm, now Diablo 4 game designer, when we had them back on the Into the Nexus show, they said something that really struck me. Which it was super simple, simple thought. Uh, he came from teaching karate, I believe. I'm not sure what kind or what discipline, but he was. I he said, I think it was taekwondo. That would make sense. Uh, he said, "People want to be good at things," and it's a really simple thought. But you you have to have that room for improvement. You have to give a game enough that it makes you go, "Why? What can I do?" What is this game telling me? And I think Final Fantasy has the best MMO language I've ever seen. It's a high bar. It, it is. I don't no, really I'm, think I'm about games saying. like that, so I don't answer for that right now. But it's up there. It's 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 good. It's solid. I do think it has button bloat. There's so many buttons in this damn game. Which is weird when you say, you know, majority or perhaps at least advertised a controller game. There are, there are a lot of buttons. Yes, for sure. there's a lot of, yes, on but controller. on the controller, there's a lot of toggling so that all of your buttons become other buttons. Yeah. So you have yeah. a lot of buttons. But, oh boy, oh boy, is there a lot of buttons in Final there Fantasy are, 14. It's a great way to add complexity and difficulty, right? Like there is, um, you know, some cheating could be accused of there some some tomfoolery by the developers being like hey you cheating on that skill season i guess let's add another button <laughs> let's, let's see how much we can push this yeah anyway you want to take some questions before we wrap this up absolutely hello there hello there hello there you can send your emails to feedback at startgroundinggear.com and uh, if you're supporting us on Patreon or a YouTube member, just drop us a message in our questions channel. Kit's going to start us off and said, hey, questions for a uh, question for the podcast. What was your most memorable concert? Kit said for theirs, it was their older brother taking them to see Live's Secret Samadhi concert when I was 16. I am completely unfamiliar with Live. Hmm. Or Live. Is I it as well. Live or Live? 
I can't help you. Yeah. But a cool concert's a cool concert after all. Yeah. You so what's don't your answer? Strike me as a concert goer. Me? No. Yeah. No. No. I. I. I enjoy like the, the like quiet night. Get out the nice headphones. Put on my music. Mm. I don't really want to be bothered by other people dancing around <sighs> me and whatnot. I've been to so many. I have so many concert memories. <laughs> I'd like lived and breathed live music uh, from right before I could drive until basically. I ended college and even then Katie and I have been to a lot of concerts post-college. Um, my, my gut goes to the, the green day American idiot tour. Um, that was, I'm such a raging green day fan. And I was also young enough to dedicate the entire day to going to that concert. It was like the perfect thing. It was literally, I think the last week of high school was when was the Florida date for me. So I'm literally, about to be done with high school American idiot tour comes through town. My chemical romance is opening. Like there's, there's nothing. There's, 2005 couldn't have been more perfectly encapsulated for me. <laughs> like my teenage years couldn't have been more perfectly encapsulated for me. So yeah, we I went with some, I loaded up every, as many people as I could fit in my 1996 Honda Accord and putzed up to Tampa, got there early. And, uh, I was, center up against the barricade for the whole damn concert. Um, and then when we were leaving, uh, we ran into all of my chemical romance in the parking lot and had a lovely conversation with them. I still have a pair of, uh, Chuck Taylors where the white toe is signed by MCR. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, that was just, it was a really good show. Um, and like for me, it also like kind of encapsulates like the generation I hail from. So it's like, I'll just never be a concert like that again. <laughs> never be a mm. moment like that for me again. Um, but honestly, the uh, MCR concert I went to this past weekend was one of the best concerts I've ever been to. It was a really good show. Really good show. If you have a chance to go to the reading tour they're doing right now, I highly recommend it. I went to a former roommate, you know, your childhood friend, actually, how we met. I went to a lot of their concerts in Chicago. Oh, Brian. Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. They, they did a lot of noise experiments. Uh, what was soundscaping? Soundscaping. Yeah, ambient. Uh, a lot of yes. people would, would call. Would mm -hmm, call mm -hmm. ambient and music. those those were chill. You know, I enjoyed those. It was nice to kind of just like hang out, sit in a chair. Uh, the majority of like college local concerts I went to, because I went to Florida State, Tallahassee, and it was a pretty big party town. All the band members just wanted to get real messed up. And if you weren't providing the the messed up opportunities for them. They weren't really interested in talking to you at the end. So I was just kind of like, Oh, messed up opportunities. Oh, like, you know, they, they want to get drunk. They want to go, go, you know, Oh, go get sauced. Oh yeah. And yeah. You're not I part had of that train. There is a, uh, there's, there's a, a band. You, uh, some, some people might know, uh, yeah, maybe I probably shouldn't out them. Probably shouldn't out this band, but I had a group of friends that would always go when this band was in town to just like go and get like ripped high with this band. Uh, I don't know how they knew them, but they always showed up with uh, illicit substances. And yeah, I was so I was like, hey, y'all have fun. Man. I'm, I'm good. I was a good yeah. boy in high school. I was a very boring non partier in high school. But. Yeah, uh, so I like to Ratatat. I saw them at the House of Blues. They broke ah, up soon after that. No, they didn't. 
They, 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 they had a spat. They put out like five more albums. They're still putting like, out albums, I think. Aren't yeah, they? I thought they had a spat or something. Did they? Like right after that. Well, I mean, they got back together. Yeah, I, yeah, I still listen to Predatat. Let's remember what I hear. I remember hearing, and then, like I said, Brian Adams acoustic. That was real good. So you know what? I'm a Brian Adams, man. Brad and Tad to Brian. You know, you you got it. You got a, a widespread of taste, sir. I do. I commend you. I commend you. I'd love to see Brad and Tad. I've never seen Brad and Tad. For the crowds, a little weird at Brad and Tad shows, though. I don't remember them being weird. House of Blues is a pretty tame, you know, on Disney property venue. Things keep pretty chill. Mm, I honestly, the worst mosh pit injury I ever had was at the House of Blues in Orlando. Hmm. Because it's a hard floor. You go down to that, it sucks. It sucks to go down on that floor. Uh, I, I literally collided skulls uh, with a friend, and then we both went down and like got you know minorly stepped on, and I just got really bad, like really jacked my knee up. It was rough. It was rough. But yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Ratatat. Mm. I'd like to see them. Now I want to go see Polyphia. They're like uh, the, the Super Saiyan Ratatat. How do you spell it? Uh, I know you listen to them. Uh, P-O-L-Y-P-H-I-A. Their, their big song is Goat. <laughs> Kyle, for the audio listeners, Kyle is making a face that looks like pain while trying to spell. Yeah, that you yeah, there was nothing I followed. I did not retain that spelling. I'll, I'll, I'll hit you up later. I'll help you up later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now there's a I had a lot of concerts I like. I've got all kinds of memories. The I saw Taking Back Sunday play like a 2-hour show. Those are the last concerts I saw before COVID hit. So that one will always be really special. Um just a lot of a lot of good a lot of good memories. A lot of good memories. Abelvon wrote in and said, uh, first off, stay safe. This was before the hurricane. Secondly, what's the worst natural weather disaster or event you've been a part of? <laughs> uh, this last one, this was by far the worst damn thing I've ever, I've ever hunkered down through. Hurricane Ian was a monster storm. Were you ever, did you ever have to go through a hurricane while you lived in Florida? Hurricane Andrew was the one. That was in town when I was five. Wait, you were in Florida when you were five? Yeah, I was in Florida from four to eight. I lived in Largo. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. You lived in Largo? Yeah, I was in Largo. It's not even that far. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, no, dude, Andrew was, that's the, I think still to date, the worst loss of life of any hurricane that's hit, hit Florida. I know there's a bad Bahamas. one in the 20s. I actually don't know. But I, yeah, um, yeah, dude, we went to, we went to the keys that following year. Cause that was the fall. Right. So, and then the following summer we went down to the keys and Homestead was still, it, the destruction was still there. Andrew was insane. It's a really early, early memory of mine. Andrew was real bad, like really bad. Um, I didn't know you were around for that. Yeah, I mean, I was properly lied to at the time, being five. So I really had no idea what was going on. We had a lot of big windows. Uh, I don't think I don't believe they got boarded up. It was just real windy, and I got to stay home. Yeah, I, well, I think that made landfall like right at the bottom of Florida. So it probably powered down by the time it made it to you. 
Jeez. I mean, New Mexico had its fair share of uh, sandstorms. And one picked up my trampoline and threw it into my neighbor's yard. Oh, but, that, that every time there's a hurricane, um, even like the less powerful ones, that's the first thing I look for is trampoline compilations on YouTube. Yeah. So they're like yeah, the they number one thing to go first is just trampolines. I saw a great uh, I saw a great viral post going, making around uh, the Florida Facebook the other day of someone that had flipped their trampoline upside down, removed one of the feet and then just drove their car on top of it and just parked it on top of the trampoline. And I was like, that's, that's pretty smart. I haven't seen that one before. Yeah. We do all kinds of weird shit in Florida to keep our stuff safe during hurricanes. It's it's wild. We, we only boarded up a couple windows that we have one really big one in the front, uh, that we heard. I'm glad we boarded up. So many things hit that window. (laughs) We just kept hearing it. Uh, and then we did the, uh, recording studio as a matter of fact it's still up it's delightfully dark in here right now i love it kind of don't want to take it down kind of chill yeah if i'm being honest i kind of like it be i have full control over the light i don't need to compensate for daylight that's coming through it's great it's great uh mythos midnight is gonna bring us home says what's a trope or elements that specific thing that will always get you to give an initial buy-in on a piece of entertainment, even though your brain might tell you it's probably going to be crap. Cthulhu. Oh, it's probably my guilty pleasure. Oh, in that regard. Oh, really? Yeah. I like the madness. There was actually a, a there was a wonderful post going around uh, Twitter the other day I got sent and I thought I described it so well. And it was saying the problem with, psychological Lovecraftian horror is that people don't represent it right. What what they often show it as is a person sees something they shouldn't have and now they're mad. But actually the way you need to think about it is that you're an ant and you crawl onto a circuit board. And I was an ant, you'd go, oh, this is foreign. You know, there's no tree, well, tree, there's no pebbles, you know, no little leaves. No uh, tasty sugar piles. What a weird environment. But you wouldn't lose your mind. You just go, that's this is strange, but you're moving through it. No big deal. But for a brief moment, you view that circuit board as a human would. And you see all the little connections and little highways that this thing and what a chip is and all this. You, you see it for what it is and what it's capable of just for a blip. And then it's gone. And madness is actually you pursuing that feeling again and trying to prove to everyone around you that this exists, that this circuit board is what it is to human beings. But oftentimes we reduce it down to video games like sanity meter. You saw a monster. Ah, blurry. Ah, (laughs) you know, go go hide your head in the basket (laughs) instead of what it actually is. And so I'm always fascinated with that pursuit of a sanity meter, no matter how like bad the game is I, i'm curious to see how they did it i remember dark corners of the earth a bethesda game that came out on xbox probably one of the best cthulian cthulian lovecraftian lovecraftian yeah lovecraftian horrors that's uh been made of that genre most of them are just bad you know just oh no some tentacles came out and now you're in the madhouse like oh no and <laughs> the nurse is kind of weird like it, it they're dumb i liked that but, did you watch that uh, they, they did a one-off on HBO Lovecraft Country. Did you watch that? It's it's a I mini series. I saw that coming. It's one thing. Yeah. It's one and done. 
So you can just, it, you can consume the whole thing. I really liked it. I thought it was so different. It didn't really dive into the madness side of things though, so much as it dove into like the cultist side of things. And it was just, to me, it was just so different from anything I had watched that tried to screw around with Lovecraftian stuff that um, Netflix Sabrina series also got into the Lovecraftian side of things in its final series or final season. And I don't think it did a particularly great job, but I just love the hammy nature of that show. So I still had fun. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think it, it, it wielded the Lovecraft side of things pretty, sh- pretty shallow, but the Lovecraft country is just, I've never seen a show like it, even though it doesn't really pursue the madness side of things. I think it's it's a really unique show. I, well, and look I at the last World of Warcraft I got into. BFA. Like, they totally, they mm. dangled that. They're like, oh, the, they, they literally dangled the fish. Like, they were like, hey, check it out. It's going to get weird. The more going to go underground the faceless. The more distance we get from BFA, the more I like it. I had a I good agree. enough. I had a good enough time then playing it. And then I and, and also a bit of a dig at Shadowlands, but also Shadowlands happened. And I was like, oh, shit, BFA wasn't so bad. Like, <laughs> um, like it really, I think BFA at the end of the day just came down to they didn't land the Sylvanas arc. And I was just I wanted to throw that necklace in the fire like five minutes into playing that expansion. But squeeze it into anything like uh, it, it, like it has some of my favorite zones. Uh, I loved the, the faction war at the beginning. I thought it was interesting. And the, the faction split for the zones was cool. Uh, there's some cool stuff. Everything they did with Jaina was neat. They, they were, they were doing a good. I thought they did a good job writing Jaina again. It's all opinion, right? But this goes, this goes back to my core. Like I was watching the real ghostbusters growing up and there's an episode called collect call. From Cthulhu, they said it the whole episode. And they battle cultists and eventually Cthulhu's summoned and Cthulhu grabs a roller coaster and they zap it and it causes enough like to disperse him. But man, like I found that episode three years ago and I was just glued to scram. I was like, oh my God, I remember this. I remember all this. I was watching this when I was like three and four. Like this was formative uh, to my love of the Cthulhu mythos and exploration. You know, I love my my board games I got based on it, the Arkham Horrors. I love when it's it's a great sprinkling. It's almost better as a sprinkling. Like even um, the tons of cartoons kind of like mess with it, you know, like Gravity Falls and all that and Adventure Time. But uh, the Tangled series actually did it. And it did it, did it okay. All right. The problem with the animated Tangled series is that they called their kingdom Corona. So when the show came out, we had like six months and then you're trying to watch it. And every time they're like, we got to save the kingdom of Corona. You're kind of like, oh, I don't. <laughs> I'm not having fun at the moment. I don't want to hear about this. <laughs> I so mean, I kind of fell was, off. Well, uh, you know, Archer, they, their thing used to be called ISIS. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're t- time sometimes, you know, messes with things you've seen things, uh, things from time happen. to time. Things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, keep the. But what coming. about for you? Oh, for, for, oh, oh yeah. I didn't answer. Uh, anything vaguely goth and creepy. Any, any, anything that vaguely reminds me of Nightmare Before Christmas will get to me, get me to watch the thing. I watched that God awful live action Alice in Wonderland, uh, because of that. I was like, oh, it looks vaguely hot topicy. I'll give this a, that movie's terrible. Holy crap. Oh my God. That live action Alice in Wonderland is a bad movie. You're talking about the Johnny Depp one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That is. I haven't seen everything Johnny Depp has done, 
Yeah. I, I never thought I would see something where I thought Johnny Depp did a worse job than Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, but I oh boy, so much. they found a way. <laughs> Helena Obama Carter burnout at that point. I was just so done. I've never gotten, the, I've never gotten burnout on Carter. I like her, but that whole movie, nobody, that movie does no one in it a service. Nobody comes out of that movie so, unscathed. Yeah. It was so weird because there were moments where I felt, it reminded me a lot of, you know, of the most recent star Wars movies where there's a moment where you're like, Oh, like, Oh, it's about to be good. Everybody. Oh, <laughs> and then like the, like the, the Jabberwocky shows up and it's voiced by Christopher Lee. And you're like, Oh shit. Like the Jabberwocky is here. Oh my God. It's gonna be awesome. The tea time shows up. You're like, Oh God, I left the scene. Mm. But just always just and like right right back yeah. in the trash. I would say uh, too. I, I would just say stop motion. But usually uh, stop motion's good because there's not that many companies that make it. And one of them is Leica. And I don't really think Leica's made a bad movie. Oh, Leica stop motion. Leica just keeps making bangers. Um, Paranorman is freaking god tier. So I have a deep love of stop motion. What what's the one with the samurai sword they did? There's like a monkey. Oh, 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 uh, b- 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 something in the two strings. Uh, b- 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 I can't remember the name. Someone in chat's going to beat me to it. Kubo, Kubo in the two strings. Kubo. Yeah, I did yeah. not care about missing link. That wasn't really my jam, but uh, box trolls was super cute. Paranorman's pretty cool. Paranorman Kubo. has become a, 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 an annual watch for me. I love Paranorman. Have you seen uh, Frank and Weenie? I have Frank and Weenie's great. It's cute. It's good. It's it's freaking good. Um, I don't love Corpse Bride as much as everyone else does. My favorite part is just anytime uh, Christopher Lee's priest is on screen. He's the best part of that movie. <laughs> yeah, Corpse Bride. Same with um, Caroline, the button eyes. Oh, one. no, I will fight you on that. Coraline's great. Yeah. I love Coraline. No, I was, I was bored. I was oh, bored. What? Oh, dude, Coraline's freaking awesome. I like box trolls. Um, you don't do well with abusive parents, though, and stuff. I've noticed. Yeah, oh, that's fair. Like, Coraline's yeah, that's a big fair. abusive yeah. parent movie. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan. Yeah, well, you're dad. I get it. Yeah, I love Coraline. <laughs> um, I yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'd what say, was um Monster House? That was fun too. Yes, not stop motion. It's 3D, but they oh, really? tap, they they did a limited frame rate to make it look stop motion. Ah, uh-huh, like but yeah, Monster Lego House movies. is great. I th- what is it? Th- I think they do 13 frames a second for stop motion. This was honestly not stop motion. I could have sworn it was back in the day. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, you're right. This is, yeah, in my memory. In my memory, it's very, um, but yeah, this is 100% computerized. Yeah. But it has kind of a clay look to it. What is, what is stop motion? It looks like, looks like there's not a go-to for stop motion. At least not that I can quickly find via Google. But anyway, yeah, no. Monster House is great. That's a uh, Robert Zemeckis. That's why that movie's good because Robert Zemeckis freaking made it. Dude, what made Back to the Future? Oh, I thought it was. Was it Spielberg produced or something? I remember Spielberg being involved. Well, Zemeckis has had Spielberg's blessing since Back to the Future. Okay. Because that was the yeah, day cause... where it was like Steven Spielberg presents, because he also did that with Gremlins. He had nothing to do with Gremlins, but he kind of like gave it his blessing. Uh, executive producer, yeah, and Animaniacs and all that sort of thing, yeah. It was it was a nice return to form to like messed up kids movies where I was like, yeah, it, again, like the E.T. sort of jokes we were making. Yeah. You're like, dude, I, there's no universe where I watch like a, a vague horror romance 
but because it was like Victorian Gothic, that uh, that one with Loki. What was that? It was a Guillermo del Toro movie. Um, oh my god, why am I blanking on this? The Loki actor? Yeah, Tom Hiddleston. Oh my god, I'm surprised no one in chat has beaten me to this. Um, just going through all of Guillermo del Toro's stuff here. Oh, that's fr- oh my god, we're we're getting him on filmography. Crimson oh, Peak. Thank you. Oh yeah. yeah, Crimson Peak. I would never watch that movie if it wasn't for. Oh, this looks like goth and creepy. I'm gonna watch this. I never watched that movie in any other scenario. It was super weak. I liked it. I liked it. I thought it was fun enough. But you're right. Like I, I, I'm not gonna go to bat for it. It is an average movie. That is a mid ass movie. But because it's like creepy and has like the you know that kind of vague Victorian goth aesthetic, I watched the living crap out of that movie. I mean, I love bad movies too. Like there, there are those like uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula with everybody. You know, with um, you know Keanu Reeves and. Renona Renona Ryder and um, yeah uh, Gary Oldman yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know I'm gonna I, I like that one I'm gonna go out I'm gonna say something vaguely sacrilegious here and say I you know I I've seen all the Crow movies I don't think any of them are all that good including I don't think the original Crow is that good of a movie but I've watched it because of the, of the of the creepy goth cred it's in it was in my like D and D planning rotation for a while and fell off mm. um. It was okay. It's okay. It's 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 a great costume. It's a fantastic soundtrack, and Brandon Lee is an absolute legend. But it's just kind of an okay script. It's kind of it was one of those straightforward movie. It got to me before I started finding more classic movies. Like I was working my way back in time. You know, like your your kid, you're watching modern stuff, and then your parents and others are like, "Hey, watch Back to the Future," and you know. Jurassic Park comes out, but that's new for you. So you know, back to the future and you got, you start going back in time. Like, Oh, there's more than one Indiana Jones. And the crow was kind of in that phase before ah. I was like, wait, I can go even further back and find better movies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no chat's asking, how do you feel about the blade movies? I love the blade movies. I really like the first one the most. Um, the third one I know is like, everyone hates it, but I was the right age to be like, Ryan Reynolds funny in it. And I still like blade. So let's go. Um, like I, at the time I enjoyed three, I don't revisit it, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's got some hilarious moments, uh, marred by some bizarre production issues. Yeah, for sure. The, the second they go computerized in one is when I just want to turn it off. That is not aged the blood God stuff. No. And onward is just real bad. Yeah. But I like the, like the, the light shining on the weird big one down in the cellar and, there's a lot of really fun, fun ideas in Blade. Yeah. And they just ruined it bringing Wesker. What's his name, Wesker? Uh, Whistler. Whistler back. And the guy's like, hey, I'm, I'm ugh, I don't remember if it was on his tongue or if it was under his eye or whatever. But he was like, I'm with him, Blade. And you're like, dude, come on. Like the random stoners, a vampire spawn servant thing. Like, oh, oh. I was more of an underworld guy, if I'm being honest, because that was more. Like, you know, hot topic aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, so. underworld's fun. I like uh Bill Nighy. Oh yeah, he's great in that. But yeah, that's it. Basically, I'll watch anything Guillermo del Toro Tim Burton makes, even though I haven't liked a Tim Burton thing in a very long time. That new Adams Family show looks good though. I'm gonna watch that. That looks all right. 
that could be fun. The, the Wednesday, right? It's all based yeah. around Wednesday. Yeah, I will watch the crap out of that. So actually, you know, I think the last Tim Burton thing I truly loved. Honestly, I think it was Frank and Weenie because that came out after. But I was thinking Sweeney Todd. I really like Sweeney Todd. Oh, there's a lot of real bad singing. You're a theater kid. I'm not. I don't care. I love that movie. I love the way that it's, movie looks. It's still better than Les Mis done with um, Gladiator Man. Never watched it. Yeah. Never watched don't. it. I don't know. Hugh Jackman's out there giving his all. So I, I have some points in, in there for him. Mm. Soon we'll get to do a trailer park for Deadpool 3. And we'll get to talk about. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that, that was a cute little announcement. Yeah. Russell yeah. Crowe. Yeah, Russell Crowe could not sing. He, he's he he's in um, the new Thor, and it's actually probably the best part of the movie. Okay, I liked him in that Mummy movie where he was. You watched that Dr. piece of crap? Jackal? Yeah. Oh my god! Oh yeah, it's got the mummy on it. I, I love can't believe the mummy you with watched Brendan it. Fraser. Yeah, but it's not. It's not with Brendan Fraser. It's with no. Tom Cruise. Yeah, Tom Cruise, and you know this is Tom. Cruise It killed the cinematic household. universe before it even started. That's how bad that movie was. Oh, that that's that's fuel for the fire. It was dead on arrival. Whether or not there was additional plans. Yeah, it was a bad. Oh, they were so ready to go. And then that movie came out and just flamed. But the mummy lady did great. She was really solid. And Tom Cruise did all right. Like there was there was moments. Well, uh, watch Top Gun. It's coming out soon. Let me know what you think, because I loved it. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of Grinding Gear. Thanks again to our wonderful patrons supporting us over at supportourbromance.com. Kyle, you got a little, you got a little something, something. Ooh. You got a little something there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Something. So we got some yeah, patrons to thank this week. We want to thank everyone who signed up since last episode, starting with Kaylin A. Thank you very much. I'm mixing the music right now and I'm just grooving. So I'm going to thank Paul M. I'm going to follow that up by thanking. Lear with us. Thank you very much for liking our stuff enough to support it. Colin P., thank you very much. Rob, no last name given. Just Rob. Thanks, Rob. I'm going to assume it's a oh. robot. Oh, I've got the rough one. Uh, Faticullius. <laughs> Faticullius. Faticullius is what I would go with. Okay. That's what I'd yeah. go with. Thank you very much. And Sean B., our latest legendary level supporter Mikhail, we've got to come up with something here because we now have two Sean B's. Oh no! In the legendary level, so Sean Bean, I'm gonna refer to you as Sean with an E A B. If that's okay. okay. And if yeah. you have a, a a better suggestion, I invite you. Let me know. So thank you to uh, all of our legendary level backers. Original Sean B, Mike R, Stephen J, Dagny, Waver E, Das, Cheesy Bob, and now. Featuring Sean with an EA. Thank you very much, everybody, for the support. If you want to follow us, we're on social media. We're on Twitter. I'm Garrett Art. He's Kyle Ferguson. And we have a joint account for the shows and all of our productions at Garrett and Kyle. Other than that, find this show live streamed on our YouTube channel over youtube.com slash TV, as well as our weekly releases and our other weekly streams. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. And again, thanks for all the well wishes while I was hunkered down for that storm. And until next time, GG. Take care. <laughs>